Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Mostly Natty Daddies. And today we have our first guest of this series. You know him from Instagram, TikTok, uh, YouTube. This is the most terrifying man I've ever seen do a backflip. Ladies and gentlemen, Mark fucking Plummer. Hey, what's going on? Uh, thank you, guys. Thank you for having me. Awesome. Yeah, Mark, thank you so much for joining us. Um, I guess we'll just kind of dive right into it. But if you kind of want to tell the people who are listening who might not know too much about you, a little bit about yourself, how you started uh, in the gym. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, yeah, so named Mark Plummer, 25 now. So I'm pushing the old age status. Pretty injured. I mean, after 23, my I guess you could say the career side of powerlifting went pretty downhill. But in terms of, of just overall lifting and how I got into the gym, I mean, it's your, your typical, like, I w I'm still very short. I'm only like 5'6", five, 5'7". Five, um, so growing up, I was super small, super short, got picked on all the time. And I'm like, whoa, what do you do when you get picked on? You join the gym. So grade like 10, about, this is nine years ago now, joined the gym um, and ended up not getting big very fast, but getting very strong. Like within seven months of training, I was squatting 500 pounds, benching 300 and deadlifting 500. So then in Ontario, where we live, there's no such thing as, uh, or I guess Ottawa, there's no such thing as like high school powerlifting, but it's mm -hmm. huge in Toronto. So like if you're like a high school powerlifter, like anywhere that's not Toronto, you can ask one of your teachers for permission. And as long as your teacher will sign off on things, you can compete in high school powerlifting, which is natural. So I basically asked my gym teacher if he would sign off and he's like, yeah, absolutely. So went and then broke all the high school powerlifting records for Canada. Um, that was pretty easy. That I did that in the first year. And then I'm like, hey, I'm pretty good at this. Like, let's try to like actually go after it. So then ended up going to nationals, won nationals for sub junior, which is like just the teenage division. And then they said, do you want to go do Commonwealth? And I said, yeah, let's go do Commonwealth. And then broke the all-time world record for squat, all-time world record for bench, all-time world record for total. Um, I held that up until last year, actually. So I held that for like a solid six years. Um, but after I broke everything, and I love that this podcast is called Mostly Natty Daddies, is that after <laughs> I broke everything naturally, I didn't really feel like there was anywhere else to go except going to the untested side. Because I knew mm -hmm. that I wanted to make money from this and natural people don't get paid. The untested side did get paid because obviously they just bring more people. And then I made the choice and decided to never look back. Fucking A, man. Yeah. Wow. Um, <laughs> damn. Okay. So talk me through your, your first, the first time you realized like, oh shit, I'm strong. Um, that was probably because I like had – so I went to the gym for three months because Good Life in Canada, as you guys know, does like the free summer teen membership yeah. things. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So when I was in grade nine, my like friend at the time took me to the gym during that summer and I absolutely hated it. I wanted nothing to do with the gym. I'm like, who on earth does this for fun? Well, I went to the gym for a month and then my family went on vacation to Branson, Missouri. And I literally just like canceled the teen fitness membership, never did it again. I'm like, this is the stupidest thing I've ever seen. And then for whatever reason, a year and a half later, that same friend is like, give it another shot. And I'm like, okay, fine. So I went to the gym with him and within two months, like we were like having like, we would train stupid. Okay. Like I don't recommend doing this. But at the same time, like I do because I feel people are trying to be like too technical now instead of going into the gym and just having fun. Like yeah. I see everybody with like that are no offense, but like they're 16, like writing everything down in a notebook. It's like, do you know the progress that you'll get at 16? So from like 16 to 17, 
I was training with my friend who's five years older than me. And within three months, we were like battling out for the same weights. And he, he just kept saying like, dude, like this isn't normal. He's just like, you're 16 years old. And like, we're trying to like press 80 pound dumbbells for him. It was like three years into the gym. For me, it was three months. And then that's when it kind of clicked to me. And then like, I was looking around and like all the personal trainers were like, dude, like that's not normal to like, just like develop that much strength that quick. And then Mm -hmm. it just seemed like every workout, like I, like I saw everyone else that started to train, they started to slow down. I like never hit that, like slowing down marking point. Because I see people in the gym and like the only people that was squatting 500 or six plates was Bumstead because we trained at the same gym. Yeah. So like I saw Bumstead for like six months, seven months because he's four years older than me squatting like five plates for 10. And everyone in the gym was like, that's crazy. But then seven months into training, I was squatting five plates for like one to two reps. So I'm like, I'm like, holy fuck. I'm like. Yo, like I, I obviously will never look that good, but there's a good chance that I could be that strong. So that's when I kind of started being like, yo, I'm just going to just try to max out every single day for the next two years. God damn. <sighs> yeah, that's... I mean, in, in fairness, none of us can really ever look as good as Chris Bumstead. No, you know exactly. I mean? <laughs> when he was in high school, like even when he was natural, we were both in high school and like he was partying every weekend. And he still looked better than the entire gym. So, <laughs> Jesus, that's uh, that. There's a huge commitment piece to that, right? Like, um, I, I mean, powerlifting for me, I, I came into it pretty late. So I'm, uh, I just turned 29, um, and I, I really only found it in my in my 20s. Uh, and I, I see what you're saying. Like to see these 16, 17 year olds that are throwing up ridiculous numbers, while I'm, I'm, I'm pretty like I'm, I, I have decent numbers. But, yeah. but I'm looking at these kids that are like, I see them week over week at the gym and I'm going like, oh, fuck, you're catching me. <laughs> well, especially now, because even I'm like, I don't know what's going into the food or the water or like how many hormones are actually getting pumped into these kids. But I'm seeing like back when I was 16, 17, I'm like, OK, I was like, I was pretty strong. Like I broke all the records and kept all the records for five years. Mm-hmm. But now I'm seeing these 15, 16 year old kids that are like light years ahead of me. And like, yeah. I, like even these females, like there was a girl that uh, competed yesterday. One of my friend's ex-girlfriends, she's 19 years old. She's 105 pounds, 106 pounds and deadlifted 455 pounds. Like it's just oh. getting to the point that like, we're getting some of these like genetic freaks, but like at, 18 19 years old yeah yeah that was one of the- that's ceil- that ceiling's just going up yeah exactly even for looks even if you take it like i'm seeing these like tiktok kids it's like when we because like i mean 25 29 like we're kind of in the same like genre yeah like when i was 16 like i did not look like these 16 year olds now fuck no <laughs> Dude, I saw a picture of myself at 16 the other day. Some, I think my mom sent it to me for my birthday and was like, this is, this is whatever, 13 years ago. Jesus. <laughs> it's just like, oh, shit. What the fuck were you feeding me? Like, <laughs> Oh, you also did. You also did start some enhanced substances when you were 16, didn't you? Connor? Yeah, I made some poor life choices. Uh, well, yeah, I, I, uh, I had this notion that I was going to be, um, a professional athlete, which, uh, it being, you know, hindsight being what it is, um, uh, my only sport that I'm truly, I would say was ever truly good at was football and, uh, I'm not six, five and I'm not fast. So I was good at high, I was good at the high school level. Cause at 16, I was 300 pounds and yeah. I could throw kids around on the line and I was like, ah, the only way I'm getting to the next level is I'm gonna I'm gonna start getting a little juicy with this. Um, so got I got on, and no idea what I was doing either. Uh, I met some dude at the gym, and I was like, uh, <laughs> not making the gains that I wanted to. And then he just threw me a bottle of Winstrol, and he was like, sure, let's, let's <laughs> see what happens. Time, like I would not be shocked if a lot of these 16, 17 year old kids are are now taking stuff. Yeah. Just simply due to like when we were 16, 17, like I started early too. Like I started at 18 after I broke the world records, 
but who was talking about this online? Like who was giving research or knowledge about anything revolving selectrogen androgen receptor modulators or steroids or any PED? Like, mm-hmm. there were, like more plates, more dates, like maybe was like just starting to touch on it. And Greg mm-hmm. Doucette would go over maybe like a little bit. Other than that, like you have a whole bunch of random forums of people that probably look shittier than you that you can't see pictures, can't see credentials, can't see even what they do, giving random people advice. Like, like we had to try everything like a shot in the dark. And now steroids has become like so popular, I would say almost like too popular that every kid has like the best stack they could possibly take with the least side effects and be like, Oh, I, I could probably do that. A hundred percent. It's one of those things like we had to sift through and I'm Mark, I'm I'm sure you'll, you'll have been in this realm as well, but we had to sift through like bodybuilding.com forums (laughs) and go through like good, good information versus people just being assholes in this comment thread. Um, When now you're right, man. Like I can, I can go on any website that has even a, a reasonable amount of fitness information on it and find the the information to get a decent stack with a PCT like a PC I didn't know what a PCT was till I was twenty three and I had been running site I had been on some form of cycle for a couple of years and then it yeah. would would I would come off and, and be like I feel like fucking garbage right now talk to somebody and they're like what do you cycle off with and I was like oh, I fucking stop I don't know <laughs> exactly <laughs> trial and error back in yeah. the day that's it yeah no a lot of the even now, if you just go on YouTube, like you mentioned it with like Derek for more plates, more dates, like a lot of, he, obviously he doesn't encourage you to take it, but like he went over, exa- like he went even over exactly what Liver King, like what his stack was. And obviously like, I, Connor, I don't know. I'm pretty sure you can't afford the Liver King stack right now, Nope. but it's like, if you've got the funds for it, like you can pretty much replicate what anyone is really taking these days. Yeah, exactly. His his stack is also bananas. Like we went over it uh, on an earlier episode, just the awesome. amount of shit he was throwing in. Yeah, especially the growth, <laughs> the growth hormone and the peptide sides, because like yeah, that's that's what's running up that like ten thousand dollar a month bill. Yeah. Uh, while we're on this topic, uh, I mean, the guy's saying that he's 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 off everything now. Looking at him with my very limited knowledge, I, I would say he's still running. Uh, at least the peptides if I had to take oh, a yeah, shot. 100%. I mean, definitely like, I mean, even now, like my testosterone levels being 25, taking steroids for the last like six years, seven years, um, they're like not coming back. Mm-hmm. So like he's his like off is like, like what's off to him, you know? Yeah. Like what's off to any of these bodybuilders? Because like technically speaking, if you're off, that would be having your testosterone range between that like 500 and 800 mark. But you just came down from 3000. So did you come down to 500 or 800? Or are you doing a 250 milligram TRT, which is still putting you in that like 1500 mark? So it's like, is is that considered your natural? Like, to be honest, like just because he's such, I've seen it more from fitness influencers than bodybuilders is their testosterone replacement therapy dosages are higher because they have to look good year round Mm. versus Mm -hmm. like professional bodybuilders that don't care about social media. Now, mostly you have to care about social media. It's 2023. If you're going to make any money, that's what you have to do. But I mean, a lot of these bodybuilders that don't care will actually like come off or do a real PCT because they don't have to look good year round. Like you can lose a little bit of muscle mass and, and so on. But at very least, I would say he's running a high dose TRT, some type of like fat burning agent, um, and then keeping his growth hormone high. Because mm-hmm. is growth hormone considered natural or not natural? Like you tell me if I was to come off everything, like I'm running a TRT right now. So there was a hard cut there for you guys listening right now. Um, our internet's just cut out. We're going to just kind of jump back into it. Um, so yeah, we were left off with the like kind of that fake natty thing in the social media, like that influencer world. So if you want to tell us a bit about what you think on that. Yeah, I mean, we're getting into a pretty hard spot now where 
one, steroids is becoming way too popular for kids. Mm-hmm. I could see why a lot of these people are just choosing not to say. So it's just like, it's hard because they're put in a very tough spot because if you choose not to say, people are like assuming that you're natural. Mm-hmm. But they like, the same reason that Chris Bumstead has never once really specifically released his cycle. Because like you said, you will have 80% of people try to exactly replicate that cycle thinking that they're going to look like Chris Bumstead. So you have the other side of things where companies and supplement companies, like 80% of them will not let you talk about anabolics at all. Like the first company I was ever with in the contract made you specifically sign. You will not talk about anabolics. You will not say that you've ever taken them, that you're on them, that you got the results from the company. Even Mm -hmm. companies that reached out in the past for sponsorships, they were like, yeah, we want to sponsor you, but you can't talk about PEDs online. So like there's so many like guidelines about like what companies will allow, what companies won't allow. And then you have people like Liver King who claim Natty, claim Natty, claim Natty, find out he's not Natty and then get himself in what, a $50 million lawsuit? Oh, he's getting sued for everything he's got exactly so now you have basically anyone in the fitness industry that has claimed natural you think they're going to come out now after liver king getting sued for 50 million dollars for saying they're natural so like it's even it's probably going to get worse from here on out because now anyone that did lie can't come clean because the world is pretty soft and everyone just wants to make a quick buck (laughs) Mm -hmm. so like he'll get sued Cause like, obviously everyone knew that like liver King wasn't natural. Like, I mean, you'd hope, but like some people definitely like, there were a lot of people that believed in like, Oh, like this whole like raw meat diet. And like, they, they swore by it. And then like, it was, it was like heartbreaking for them to find out. No, it's very true. But I just feel like the new generation coming up, there's no stigma or like around steroids. So they're not mm-hmm. going to be like, no, I'm natty, I'm natty. Because now it's considered cool to take steroids. I'm just saying for the generation that we're in, everyone that's lied will continue to lie until the day that they die. And anyone that has told the truth or is on the fence will just continue either ignoring the question or just going on like that. 100%. 100%. One of my favorite things about about your social media, um, and it has been since since, uh, the, the first day I found it, is you're so like wildly open about, you know, and you kind of, you kind of poke fun of that, that, uh, fake natty aspect with the, you know, the first video I ever saw, uh, you do was talking about, you know, this is what you can get with a, with natural bodybuilding physique. And then you flub a line. You're like, fuck, fuck. <laughs> so it, it's, it's, it's nice. Like, especially in a, in a, you know, world where you, you mentioned before, like everything's kind of manufactured in that, in that fake natty sense that that you from day one have been honest with hey this is maybe not this is specifically what i'm taking but like i'm, I'm not uh, a quote-unquote clean athlete no yeah exactly i just wanted to make it open because again like back in the day like like i kind of said before no one was talking about it mm-hmm. like when i first started the youtube channel and i was like you know i'm gonna be open about like the dark side of steroids. Cause you had like Boston Lloyd at the time, which was like glorifying it. Yeah. You had more plates, more dates that was doing the whole like science based background, which I love, but let's be honest, like 80% of the people do not have a, a clue what this guy is saying. Like you can get the just of it. <laughs> like he's like so advanced that if you haven't been watching for a year or two, you honestly have no idea what's going on. And then you have Greg Doucette, who's like more coming at it of like guessing if people were natty or not. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You didn't really have many people like coming on and being like, okay, well, here's the science because that's one thing, but here's what actually happened. Because these two things are massively different because especially with steroids, like what's supposed to happen and what actually happens are far, far from the truth. And that's why I'm like, man, like, to be honest, for the first like three years of just trial and error, I completely screwed my body up. So I'm just like, let's come on here and show everybody. And that mm-hmm. was the first video that got like 2.5 million views. 
damn people like the honesty like you don't you if you're yourself if you are yourself on camera like people can tell the difference like they appreciate that they like that authenticity and it's it's something that i think that if you go on to tiktok uh and like a lot of youtube channels now like with a lot of those people that are coming up it's like they're kind of losing that yeah it's they're yeah i mean because you have two two different opinions that people are saying like some people are saying if it's not broke don't fix it don't try to reinvent the wheel that was good four years ago when you had 10 people talking about fitness you had like 10 people doing educational workouts online like kino body was like the only kino like you know like he was the only person doing keto and like that was mm -hmm. cool but like go on on youtube now and be like keto diet you'll have 40 different channels mm -hmm. that are all dedicated only to keto go to powerlifting you'll have a hundred youtubers that are all powerlifting coaches that do their whole workouts online now. So it's like now more than ever, it's like you almost kind of like have to reinvent the wheel. Yes. Yeah. It's just so oversaturated. And I'm not saying it's oversaturated just in powerlifting. I'm saying it's oversaturated in everything because COVID made it that way. Everyone was sitting yeah. at home and doing absolutely nothing so everyone started taking social media a little bit more serious, in my opinion. Mm -hmm. So now, mm -hmm. like, stock traders. Before, there wasn't too many people other than your Wall Street guys talking about stock traders. Go on TikTok, and now everyone's a stock ex expert. Everyone's a stock expert, a relationship coach. Uh, like everyone's a, a crypto bro now. Like, that's what I'm saying. So it's just like everything has become so saturated online. It's like, what are you going to do to stand out now? Mm -hmm. Because now you can't come out here and say, oh, I'm taking steroids. These are like what happened to me. There's 50 other people doing that. Mm. For sure. That, that kind of leads me into a, a question for you. You know, you have a, a, a pretty sizable following on, on Instagram and, and most of your, so and I shouldn't say most, all of your social media. Um, when, when for you uh, in, the, in this social media journey, we'll call it, um, when did you really notice that uptick and, and what, if anything, were, were kind of the changes that, that caused that uptick in growth? Whew. I mean, the issue, so a lot of these people are like, oh, it happens overnight. It happens overnight. And they are correct in the terms of when a video hits, it hits. Mm -hmm. But I don't think people talk about how fast the traction will die out after that video because people are our tension spans are so low and that was my plan like i always started youtube never purposely trying to make youtube a full-time job i just wanted to come on and it was more or less like a diary that i could look back on and be like man this is crazy and if i help a few people along the way i help a few people along the way and my videos were getting 200 300 views like more or less, like I'm sure most of the people watching, they're in the same boat. The video gets 500, 1,000 views, and that's really it until that one video that hits the algorithm that people like is super engaging, hits 2 million views. You will see your following go up 10, 20, 30,000, but it's what four videos do you have ready to go after that viral video? Because mm -hmm. that's where people dropped off, and that's where I dropped off. Because I grew 55,000 subscribers in a year from just having like good content, good content. And then I got, I, even I got stupid. I was like completely changed what worked and started doing the things that I wanted to do. And then I saw the following just like it didn't go down, obviously, but like it went from like a rocket ship to just an airplane of just planing in the same motion. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Damn. Uh, yeah, the consistency thing, uh, for, from what I've heard for a few people, I mean, we have a, um, a mutual connection in that uh, I believe it's uh, James that does a few of your tattoos. Oh, yeah. yeah. Uh, so Anthony, uh, my buddy, opened Black Label. He does all my stuff. Um, oh, damn. So I got to watch him kind of in, in the same thing, but in a more close sense. Uh, see him try and grow his, his brand and see him try and grow his, his shop and his following. Um, and that was his big thing too, was like, Hey, you need like something will pick up, 
you'll get that spike, but you need to fucking hammer. You need to yeah. have your next, you know, four whatever crazy tattoo videos in, in the pipe so that your that traction doesn't die. Exactly. Because then if you go two weeks without posting, you're forgotten about. 100%. And if you post something bad, you're forgotten about. And now with short form content, like I'm slowly seeing like YouTube die out in mm. terms of like long format videos because people like just don't have the attention span anymore. Like for us, it's fine. Like my YouTube, I guess, analytics show like 80% of all like whatever, 12, 20 or 40,000 viewers on the, on the video to be between the ages of like 23 and 35. But if you look on TikTok, those videos are doing 100, 200,000, 2 million, 3 million, and it's between 18 and 22. God damn. Yeah, my, my age gap has no attention span at all. Fuck me. <laughs> yeah. Damn, we have no idea what we're doing. Yeah. No, and they've programmed it, though, to like be that way. Like They don't want people to really be like that engaged in long-form content. And I wouldn't say it's giving people ADHD. But I mean, if you look at 90% of people's screen times, like you're going from, from eight second videos and then asking someone to watch a, a two hour documentary and write an essay on it. Yeah. I mean, like I could see how that would be very, very hard for your brain to transition from seven days, six hours a day of only eight to 20 second content. Yeah. It's funny. Like uh, iPhone has this thing. Uh, um it, my iPhone snitches on me every Sunday. I'll get like that screen time report oh, I and I just I feel like a fucking that. asshole every time I open it. I'm like, ah, <laughs> could have spent this with my kid. Jesus. <laughs> it. I would say it's honestly a shame too because that long form, like the long form content you're talking about, like all those like 10, 15, 20 minute YouTube videos, like that's so, like if you really sit down and like watch it, it's like so much more entertaining and like the, I wouldn't say like the, or I hesitate to say the production value, but like the effort that goes into it, it's so much higher. And it's not just to like, it's not like a TikTok where it's eight seconds and it just like, oh, it spikes your interest. And then you go to the next video. It's like, it holds you there. And you like, actually, like you enjoy it. And I feel like that's, I do like, I do feel like it's being lost. Unfortunately. Yeah. Because I mean, I study a lot of like bigger YouTubers as well, just to kind of see like what they're doing to grow now and all this. I mean, I could just use Christian Guzman as an example as he's like, he's like, oh yeah, well on YouTube, he's like, I post a YouTube video like when I want to now in terms of like one a week or one every two weeks, or mm. I'll do three in one week and then take a month off or whatever he wants to do to his goal. But he posts a reel every day or like a mm -hmm. YouTube short because he knows that the YouTube shorts are keeping people just as like engaged to his channel. I really feel like, I, I say like TikTok is like the entertainment platform. If you go on TikTok right now and 20 minutes after you're done scrolling, I'll say, what was the third last video you watched? I can guarantee you, you could not tell me. So it is purely entertainment based, but it might get you to like, like a specific person if you see them over and over and over. So that's why TikTok, they're saying that like the whole algorithm is post as much as you can. Because the more someone sees your face, the more they may be like, oh, I actually like, I like this guy. And they'll go check out whatever, Instagram or YouTube. Instagram, I feel is more of like your business portfolio or like mm -hmm. dating app, I could say to like, it's like, this is like your life. It's your, your page where you can show your businesses, your life, your production, your promotions. And then if they still really like you, then YouTube was made for like, the long form content of like mm -hmm. your vlogs, what you do in the day, people really get to like learn your personality. And that's what I used to love about the three platforms is they were completely different. Mm -hmm. But now that TikTok did so well, Instagram's like, well, we need to rival TikTok. So let's go short form content. And then YouTube was like, well, we have more money than Instagram and TikTok combined. So let's do short form content as well. So now it's sad to see all three platforms changing into short form content for sure yeah, one of the, one of the things that and i think this is a good kind of um segue into this are, are you noticing and i mean zoo culture being a great um a great example of it i think you almost have these gyms now that cater to 
content creators to a degree. <laughs> um, yeah. and, and I know I've seen a few videos, like you've spent some time there. Um, you know, Bradley Martin being the, the, I would say social media juggernaut that he is, um, looks like he's opened a great facility down there. I think it's, it, from what I've seen, looks like an amazing gym just as a, as a fitness facility as a whole. Um, what is that experience like going into somewhere like zoo culture that has such a high density of content creators within it? <laughs> um, I mean, LA is hard. Cause I lived like Fair. I was in LA for three months. Like, um, I would say it depends on where you're going, who you know, and how big you are. Okay. Because it is very hard. Like I went to LA two years ago with my friend, or mm -hmm. I guess a year ago, uh, before we had much like anyone really knew who we were. And uh, good luck talking to these people or getting them to film a video with you or like even being like said hello to in the gym. Damn. Um, just because they don't care. Like these people as cutthroat as it is, if you can't help them in any way, you're invisible, especially in Los Angeles. Mm -hmm. um, so like if you're going into zoo culture and you're like just getting on my YouTube grind or my Instagram grind, you will be straight up ignored. And even if you ask these people to film a video, they will straight up say no Damn. because you give zero benefit to them whatsoever. So all of these people are like, I'm going to LA to make my dreams come true. Like, Fuck off if I'm allowed to swear. Oh, you because can swear all you want. Okay, because you're not going to. Like, you're going to go there, waste a ton of money. You need to, like, stop realizing that, like, or not realizing, but you need to stop thinking that you collabing with all these popular people is going to make you popular. Yeah. Because it's mm -hmm. not. Like, you see tons of people that collab with popular people that still remain nobodies. You yeah. need to, like, more or less build it for yourself and then when there's like an equal exchange of value and you go there, then people are going to be more receptive to you. And the same thing goes for Alpha Land. I went to Houston for two weeks as well. Mm -hmm. And Houston is different though, because everyone in Houston is doing their own thing. Like you can walk in the Houston gym and it is pretty annoying because there's 20 tripods and 10 cameramen in every single corner. Yeah. But no one's like, everyone's just trying to do like their own little individual acts. And since the gym is so big and the aesthetic is so big, that's kind of, I guess, where they are seeing more action and things take off. And due to the algorithm, wherever you live, technically, like you do get pushed more to that area. Okay. So, so I will agree in the sense of someone trying to take off on social media in Ottawa, like a small town, government town where we live, mm -hmm. it is a lot harder because people don't understand social media. Like they want their nine to five government job with a pension. And if they see you putting in work to social media, you're considered like weird or odd versus when we were in Miami, like I never saw like more growth in like TikTok and Instagram just because it's one push to people in Miami and no one in Miami works everyone's doing what you're doing. So it's like a little more respected. Okay. But yeah. in terms of like going to like see these people, you will be extremely let down and that's not to put them down, but like that's honestly to like put them down because you yeah. will be extremely let down. That's just kind of the culture they've, they've created down there. Yeah. It's almost like a cult. It's like, Hey, we're in this little clique and you're not, and mm -hmm. don't talk to us. Don't, like if you want to come up and take a picture, yeah, for sure. But honestly, I've seen them be rude to people that came up and asked them to take a picture. Shit. Damn. Uh, I, I, I really just hate that because like I feel like the gym and like this is how I see the gym. I, I would hope and like, I kind of assume this is how you guys see it as well. It's like we go to the gym to like uplift ourselves and like to better ourselves and other people. And it's like that mentality takes that out of it yeah. and it's just it's kind of it's pretty disheartening to like to hear that from someone that like is in this industry and like has seen it firsthand so it's like do you think there's a way that we can i guess avoid that or is this do you think this is like an inevitability at this point that it's just going to continue i mean the hard part now is it's getting to the point that's again, it's so oversaturated and like everyone wants to be an influencer now. And like, everyone's kind of doing the same thing that it's, 
like, again, I'm pretty new. Like I've only been, I guess, self-employed doing social media for the last like two years. So like when people come up and talk to me, like it's still like really cool. Like when someone's like, yo, I come up and watch. I'm like, yo, no way. Like for me, it's like still like, I'm still excited. And like, if someone asks for my picture, I'm like, oh my God, I'm like a fucking movie star. Like I get excited, just as excited to see them and talk to them and see like what was like going on in their life. Then like they were about me and like what was going on in my life. But then I try to put myself in someone's shoes, like juggernaut Bradley Martin or or Christian Guzman or Max Tuning that has been doing this for more than like 10 years, 15 years. And they can't like walk into a gym and like put their headphones on and do a two hour workout without 20 people coming up and asking for a picture. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Damn. So it's just like, does it like, does it get to the point? Like, like can a movie star go to a mall and just have a fun day of shopping? Like, no, he's now standing there for an extra hour talking to people, working out or taking pictures with people like needing mm-hmm. to listen to people. So at what point does it, does it become like too much? And is that why the LA culture got the way it did? Because these people were just tired of like, person after person after person because unfortunately like the new generation coming up also does lack a little bit of like respect in my opinion like gym etiquette oh yeah respect these parents are not raising their kids like we were raised like we were beat as kids but now like you and like but like honestly it taught us to behave yeah be respectful of other people other people's time but like now it's like Jimmy can do whatever the fuck he wants to do. So like, oh, disrupting this guy during a business meeting or a talk or he's at dinner. Like I was, I, we were at, um, in LA and we went to catch and we saw like some pretty famous people at catch. And there was a, a husband and a wife, pretty, quite famous. There was people going up to them during their dinner and be like, can we get a picture? Can we get a, it's like, man, like, like, just let this person go and enjoy a dinner. Like, if you can get them on the way out or the way in, same thing with the gym. Is if you can get mm-hmm. these people on the way in or out, there, there's not a chance that they will be mean to you. Yeah. But if this guy's, like, squatting 500, 600 pounds for reps, he has his headphones on, his hood up, he's listening to music, he's 30 seconds into trying to do the biggest set of the day – like, excuse me, bro. Yo, yo, can I just get a quick pick? Oh, can I ask you this question for like, to be honest, I would probably lose my shit too. And just yeah. be like, dude, fuck off. Like, yeah. hundred percent. So, so on, on that note, sorry, I just, I, I had to kind of, I had to tell you the story. Uh, Jake and I, Jake, Jake and Jesus Christ. Uh, Jacob and I both work at local in Lansdowne. Uh, yeah. you, you came in, I think it was over the summer Jacob comes up to me. uh, I'm standing running my line. um, And Jacob comes up to me and he just like grabs me by both shoulders and turns me to face him. And he goes, Mark Plummer's here. And I was like, what? (laughs) He's like, Mark Plummer's here. He's like, I should go talk to him. Right. I was like, definitely don't do that. You're going to say something fucking stupid. Don't for (laughs) sure. Don't. Uh, And you know, that turned into, I think you guys had a a brief chat and, and um, you know, coming full circle. uh, He texted me, whatever it was for, a month ago, maybe um, after we really got this thing rolling, and he's like, "Yeah, Mark, Mark wants to come on the podcast." It's like, "What the fuck?" So somebody gives like, <laughs> so it's it, it's cool that you know it, you spoke to it at the beginning where you're you're still excited about people coming up and being like, "Holy shit, you're Mark Plummer!" Um, and, and you know, as you just gave gave your your talk around like how how that culture exists, it's it's really nice to hear that you still have that that humanity to you where, you know, if, if someone wants to come in and chat with you and take a picture or, or you want to come on the podcast of two guys who have six episodes and like 30 fucking listeners, um, it, it's really cool to see, man. It's a, it's, it's a refreshing thing in, in that social media world. So I, I well, appreciate you coming on, man. That I do that's slightly different than like every other social media person is like, like I kind of said in LA, right. It's like, if you don't have 600,000 followers and 200,000 like views per episode, like screw you. There's no value to me. But mm-hmm. what I just mm-hmm. say, any video can take off. Yeah. That's what people don't realize. So if, even if someone with 30 followers, a 30 follower TikTok page comes up and if he has a good idea, let's run it. Why not? Like, 
what do you have to lose? Like, again, it's just content. It's yeah. just like mm-hmm. time. Like, are you above anyone else? Like, it's like, we've all been in the same spot. Like the same thing you said, it's like, yeah, we have like 30, probably to a hundred viewers. Like I'm assuming if you put my name, like at least a hundred people will tune in to like, listen to this. So it's like, you have 30 <laughs> to a hundred viewers, probably even more after this episode. And it's just like, for two and a half years, I only got 200 to 300 views. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it's just like, you never know. You title it one cool thing, like, like Mark Plummer, fake Nat, like something clever. Yeah. And it's like, oh shit, it takes off. And then you're like, okay, well, this is, we're going to like drop out of school, quit our jobs and do this full time. Like, Fair enough. <laughs> shit. We're all, we're all really just doing this. Like not, I don't want to say for fun, but it's like, we do this because we have fun doing it. Like we, like you do, I'm assuming you do like the social media and like those YouTube videos, you do it because you really like love and enjoy it. Like we make this podcast cause we like to talk about fitness. We like to talk about like this whole industry. No, at absolutely. the end of the day, like that's really what it's all about. Yeah. I will say though, just to be blatantly honest with everyone, YouTube was like, and TikTok and reels, like they are so fun, but people don't realize. And I'm at a smaller level than like a lot of these bigger guys but the mental like strain it takes on your head of like, even my YouTube channel, we were doing social experiments and every social experiment was like 300,000 views, 600,000 views, 1.1 million. And then for like, I don't know, six months, they were getting like 10,000 views, 4,000 views. That fluctuation makes it not fun. Mm-hmm. because then you put too much expectations on it then you start to like overthink as humans we're just made to overthink yeah. so it's like am i irrelevant now are people like not liking is it just busy did i say like now it's getting into did i say something i wasn't supposed to mm-hmm. and like i'm pretty uncancelable uncance- just because i'm i'm pretty out there with my opinions yeah but like mm-hmm. did i just get canceled did I say something about the Tates or did I say something about COVID that yeah. these social media platforms don't like? Cause now like you have so many things that you can and cannot say that like, it's pretty easy for these companies to make you disappear. Yeah. Fuck. Oh yeah. Yeah. That shadow banning shit is real. I mean, uh, you, you see it across the board. Like, uh, I, I don't know if, if you've experienced it personally, but you know, you, you throw that wrong, line out and then it's like oh fuck why did my followers just plateau it's like you disappear off social media even right now like if you type in the mark plum on instagram i won't come up not that i'm curious now because i I actually i pulled up just to be prepared for this i I had your instagram up on my on my laptop but i went through my through the people that i followed it to get it this is riveting podcastery while you guys listen to me type into my oh shit <laughs> typey typey type type yeah you don't come up like if you oh. type my full my full name and everything i'll come up but i got the biggest youtube drop i saw was roughly like three thousand subscribers and that is when i said that covid was kind of just like a hoax damn yeah they were they were getting people for that one shit yeah and i have not seen the views like Obviously, like if I post like an engaging video, like I'm at the point now and you guys will get to this point as well. And hopefully anyone that's watching that does social media, you know what is going to do well and you know what you like to do. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And you need to be able to like find that balance of not doing so much of what you like to do instead of giving people actual valuable information. Because I get a lot of like questions when I post Q and A's on Instagram. It's like, how do I grow social media? Like I can't grow social media. And it's like, okay, well, what are you doing? It's like, well, I film every workout and give people tips. Okay. Well, there's a hundred other people doing that right now. What are your, what does your physique look like? And it's somebody that's like 17% body fat, not much muscle mass has been working out for one year. And I'm just like, why do you think somebody will listen to you? If we're going to be like a hundred percent honest, like, you're not doing anything unique. You're just trying to like follow what everything else is doing. And you're not really giving people any valuable information, entertainment, humor. It's like if, if you, the worst 
side of what I could say is these people that are coming on and doing what they eat in a day or mm. a vlog. Like I went, sh like if you have 300 followers and you're doing vlogs of, I went shopping, I went for a massage. What nobody cares about your life. Yeah. Even at 400,000 followers on TikTok or closer, like closing in on 450, like 80,000 subscribers yeah. on YouTube. Like no one cares what I do in a day for sure. Like I I'll put a vlog together and like do like little filler clips, but people are tuning in because I'm titling this. What's the best steroid for strength. Yeah. And like, that's yeah. why they're tuning in. They're not tuning in because I went and got a deep tissue massage and put together a cool, cool little breakfast edit. Yeah. They're just like, I'm just trying to get the watch time up and like make it somewhat engaging and then put that topic somewhere in the video. But it's like, are you funny? No. Okay. Are you giving people valuable information that they can use? No. Okay. So then why do you think people will watch you or want to come back to your channel? Mm -hmm. Is the real question. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Damn. hundred percent. I would say like, as a, like, I'm, I'm only saying this as from what I can see, I feel like as a guy compared to like, as a, like, as a girl, I feel like it would be a lot harder as well. Like if you see like a lot of content that guys like tend to be posting, it's a ton more of like crazy workouts and like, like you said, like, what's the best steroid for strength? And then if you go on like a lot of like female fitness influencer, like Instagrams, just ass, it's ass, just a kind ass, of, ass, just ass, aspects. Ass, ass, yeah. Ass. yeah. Oh, it's just straight. And right. Don't get me wrong. Sex does sell. Like it, it gets like guys attention. But at the same time, I'll also put this in a perspective because all these guys are like, Oh, girls have it so easy. Like girls have it made for them. They can get five. Yes. Girls will have more followers than you. But unless they're doing OnlyFans or like selling their body, they will make less money than you unless they have like sugar daddies or that sense. Because all these 10,000 people jacking off to her ass every Friday night, if she drops a product, no one's going to buy it. Like, hey, I just dropped a, a new set of like cookie cutters. No one's going to fucking buy that. But like if you as a male gave people valuable information and maybe you have 2000 followers and she has 200,000 followers. I would argue that you would have just as good as sales if you dropped an ebook or some type of knowledge based thing as, as she would because mm -hmm. yeah. your followers are there for the right reasons. So sure. like I'll argue the fact that yes, it's easier for girls to grow but then you also have to remember a lot of people get into social media and they do not have a clue what they want to do with it. Mm -hmm. And that's the biggest thing. Like I knew going into social media, I'm like, man, how do these people have millions of followers and they're still like living in their parents' basement? I'm like, if I could get a little bit of traction, I could probably start a few businesses with this and quit my job within like six months. And then mm -hmm. eight months after the viral video, quit my job started two companies and did that ever since fuck yeah dude that's awesome so uh, yeah that's 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 fucking impressive your two companies just so everybody knows where where to find your your stuff are oh our uh so noblesups.net that's like a peptide company which i don't know if anyone knows this but two days ago the peptides have officially become illegal in canada oh shit oh shit yeah, so you can't like even they every manufacturer for TB five hundred BPC one five seven Mot C. Um, they sent out letters to every single one said if you continue to manufacture this, like we will come and shut your entire plant down. Fuck. So everyone is about to see like the two peptides one massively go up in price, and two there's going to be like a huge shortage of them for like at least three to six months. Damn. And then the second company is uh, acneattackskincare.com. And that's just the skincare brand. Nice. Um, and then, well, actually, just because this is kind of a powerlifting page as well, I did a for fun company, which is launching at the end of April. And it's called Roid Rage Smelling Salts. Fuck yeah. Let's yeah. go. Oh, yeah. So <laughs> there's two different types of smelling salts, uh, like a calmer one and like a more aggressive one. Yeah. 
And that's basically just, yeah, there's a little roid rage guy. And I figured that would be easy because the Instagram is just going to be purely like a meme page yeah. for people mm-hmm. like doing freakouts, like like smelling the salts and just going like off the handles. Let's go. And then it's just going to be super easy to market. Obviously, like no one's getting rich off selling $10 smelling salts. But for even for brand awareness, like that's all I really want. Fuck yeah. And you man, said- I haven't done, I haven't done smelling salts in forever. Dude, they're rad. <laughs> love, oh man, I love smelling salts. Um, and you said, sorry, the end of April? Yeah, the end of April. Okay, that's cool. the new, newest company that's launching. And awesome. then- the acne page is also coming out with like a teeth whitening product. Oh, nice. Um, which is going to be in May. So. Nice. The acne thing is huge because like, I, I mean, I read, I read, uh, I read your, your blurb that's on your page. Um, I was also a heavily acne afflicted young man. Uh, and I took the Accutane route to fix it, um, yep. which is, I don't, I don't know if you've, you've done it, but it's fucking awful. Like every single person, I hear the same thing. And like, that's why I tried to like, obviously a bar of soap isn't going to be effective as Accutane, but we did two months of Accutane at 80 milligrams a day. Mm-hmm. And like, it's just so dry during the winters here yeah. that like my nose would just bleed and bleed and bleed to the point that like, I couldn't go anywhere because yeah. like, I wouldn't be like, I would have to carry a roll of toilet paper anywhere I went. Like if I was at the mall, if this thing started bleeding, like I would lean over and it would just be like a faucet of blood coming out of my nose. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, yeah, there has to be a better way for acne, especially like steroid prone acne. Yeah. And like, that's when I really like dove into like the research side of things. Mm-hmm. I'm like, okay, what vitamins to take to prevent acne? What's actually causing this acne? Cause when I'm on steroids, my acne like doesn't exist. Mm-hmm. But when I when I initially start a cycle or end a cycle, that's when my acne gets really bad because of those massive hormone fluctuations. Then I was only injecting two times a week versus injecting every other day. And I was like, so everything started coming into play. I'm just like, okay. And as I learned more about the different esters, like short esters versus fast esters, I was like, they're I could easily prevent this from happening without using something that's killing my insides. Yeah. And that's where I'm like, okay, if you mega dose pancreatic acid, one milligram, three times a day, that was very similar in Accutane as it reduces the oil buildup in your pores. Mm -hmm. So like Accutane kills the pores, pancreatic acid at a high, high dose will just reduce all the oil buildup. So I'm like, so if you have less oil buildup, then we're going to get less acne. Okay. That's step one. Step two is like, what, when am I getting breakouts? Do I get breakouts coming on, coming off, or if I miss an injection? Mm-hmm. So if I miss an injection and I'm only injecting two times a week, that makes sense. But I'm saying, I wonder if my skin would get better if I started injecting every other day or every day. So then I started injecting every day for a little bit. And then I noticed I did not break out at all. And I got blood work done and my estrogen was a lot more balanced. So I'm like, oh, okay, that's step two. And, but then I would always get acne in like crevices that I would sweat a lot. And I'm like, okay, well, that's probably fixable. So then I started looking into like all this black charcoal stuff. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, oh, that's perfect because I'm like, that's going to dry out your skin. So went to Walmart, bought a black charcoal bar of soap, started using it. Instantly, my skin started to break out again. And I'm like, what on earth is going on? But it's because all of these black charcoal soaps were putting an extract like lemon extract to use as an exfoliator. Mm-hmm. And I'm just like, I'm like the exfoliator because it's so rough on my sensitive skin is causing my skin to break out. And I couldn't find a bar of soap that didn't have this like natural exfoliant in it. Okay. So I'm like, I'm going to make my own. So then I'm like message China overseas. And I'm like, are you allowed to customize these formulas? And they said, it's an additional cost, but yes. And I'm like, okay. I'm like, can we remove the lemon extract? Can we remove the scent? And then can we add something like castrol oil or tea tree oil so that it doesn't leave your skin super dry, but like dry enough to prevent the acne? Mm-hmm. And they said, yeah, for sure. So then I ordered like my first order of 500 bars um, after like testing it for probably six months, seven months, gave it to my friends as well. And they're like, dude, like, this is great. Like no extra, like no coarse skin, no exfoliant. And then the castor oil and the tea tree oil leave your skin actually feeling soft. 
And I'm like, fuck it, let's run it. 500 bars, we sold out in one month. Fuck yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. Man. I think if you uh, if you go onto that page, if you go onto your uh, your soap brand page, it does say you guys have sold like 7,300 now? 7,300. Yeah, the last Heck. quarter we just did uh, was 10,000 bars, and we've already been through 4,000 of that in three months. Damn. Congratulations, man. The uh, <laughs> The before and after, I just have it open. The before and after pictures are startlingly different. Startlingly different, but I like try to come on because every company for some reason is they cannot like rationalize in their head. Like people can see right through bullshit. Mm-hmm. Like people are like, Oh, your yeah. soap clears up acne. No, it helps. Yeah. Like if you think that you're going to buy a bar of soap and never break out an acne again, when you eat a Domino's large pizza every night and then scratch your face after eating the greasy ass pizza, then you're literally on meth and you're just looking for an easy way out. Yeah. But like I understand. And that is, I think why the company hasn't scaled as big as other companies is because I refuse to lie to people Yeah. because everyone, especially the new generation coming up wants the easy way for everything. What's the fastest way I can do this? What's the way I can do this? If you were to come out with a powerlifting plan, that's like, I guarantee that you're going to put 200 pounds on your total in four weeks and you have them training friggin' seven times a day. They'll honestly like probably do it because they're like, Oh, I can gain this much in this short period of time. So all these companies coming out and making outlandish claims like, Oh, this bar of soap is going to cure your acne or this is going to put 40 pounds of lean tissue on you in two, like two days. These people will just instantly buy it up. And then you see these companies go, grow from nothing to like $10 million companies. And then in two years, the company doesn't exist anymore. Mm-hmm. Fuck. It's also, it's like, that's the type of thing that's like super detrimental to the fitness industry. And it's like, obviously you said it with the companies, but to the other point that you made with the, um, like this program will put on 40 pounds, like 200 pounds on your total. This program will, you'll lose 10 pounds of belly fat. And it's like, wait, this is the fitness industry at the end of the day. Like there is no quick fix. Like even people that say like steroids are a quick like answer to it. It's like, you don't put in that work. Like you're not going to get those results. Yeah, exactly. And you're right. Like that is the problem because everyone knows that everyone wants something quick. So now they're trying to like utilize that. And like, you're right. Every plan is lose 30 pounds. Like, I'm sorry, but like, if you were to put me on that plan, I'm not going to lose 30 pounds. Like I'm a fat ass at heart. Like when I competed in bodybuilding for April, I was doing like two hours of cardio a day, eating like 1800 calories, training twice a day. And I still had issues losing that 30 pounds. So you're going to tell me that like, cut out diet pop. I'm going to lose 30 pounds. Like, no. (laughs) God, you just described my fucking nightmare. Jesus, that sounds hard. But that's also how you see the biggest growth. 100%. That's why I I do call a lot of these YouTube channels like straight up lies. Yeah. Because they'll play off people's emotion. I mean, if I wanted to come out here and lie and not be myself, I'm sure we could have broke 100,000 or 200,000 subscribers by now. Mm -hmm. But I come out here and I'm like, hey guys, guess what? Life's actually pretty fucking shitty. Like... You're going to go through a lot of shit. But then all these other YouTubers are like, all right, so here's my new Lamborghini. Uh, here's my new beautiful girlfriend. I don't have a problem in life. And everyone's like, whoa, man, his life's perfect. I want to live his life. Follow, yeah. follow, mm-hmm. follow. Then these people have 2 million followers and then contemplate suicide every other day because their life is like so fake and so unfulfilled. Yeah. When, yeah. So it's just like, what method do you want to come up versus I go on there and I'm like, Hey guys, guess what? I just got banned from the States for six months. I threw out my back. I'm like business just lost like $22,000 last month. Like we're, yeah, we're fucking struggling this month. And yeah. then people will come on and hate on that because then they're just like, and then people are like, Oh, well, I don't want that life. Like, Oh, screw this. Like what? And then they'll, you have your loyal ass followers, which is why the businesses did so well, but I'll never don't think grow to that massive following because sometimes being too honest is almost not good for growing on social media. Yeah, I, I would agree, man. Sometimes I, I think a lot of people don't want to see like, you know, you 
fucking when you were prepping for bodybuilding, like I, I think there's a level of, of honesty people don't want to let into their lives where sometimes you fucking eat chicken and broccoli in your car before you go sit in the sauna for two hours to cut. Like that's, yeah. that's not a thing that you're going to see on like Michael Hearn's page. You're not going to see on, on fuck it's fake natty speaking of which, um, <laughs> you know, uh, no man, duck eggs, duck eggs. Remember, I fucking hate duck eggs. Are gross. Um, <laughs> it's not what you're gonna see on most pages, but you're gonna see it all over your social media. Which is it's 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 awesome to see. Like you're showing that that aspect of the grind that that not everybody else is gonna yeah have. because you have people with the similar mentality of us is like oh yeah that's sick like he puts in work you mm. know but then anyone else is like you're right Mike O'Hearn Mike Thurston. Um, any of these like super lean, lean guys, they're like, you know, this is, this is easy. Like I eat pizza every weekend and I just keep my calories in check. Like they give these people such a false sense of reality Mm -hmm. that they're just, they're just, yeah. Waiting to fail. Yeah. They're not showing you them sitting in their car Monday morning going like, fuck, I gotta hit, I gotta hit legs. Yeah. Like, like, oh fuck. I can't believe I woke up today. Like mm-hmm. this is a shit day. Like, yep. You look at these people's pages and like you would think they're literally God because every day is fucking great for them. Like nothing has mm-hmm. ever went wrong in their life. Yeah. It, it's something that, that has always bothered me because it's super damaging. Like if, if you think of the time just as a human being, like when you're lowest in your life, the last thing you want to see is some other person that you look up to, not necessarily not struggling, but being like, I am fucking killing it right now. And you're sitting it. You're sitting there going like, "Oh, really? I think I want to kill myself right now." <laughs> so, uh, on a half life, is, life isn't easy. <laughs> Life's a motherfucker. Uh, on a kind of like, I guess, a more bright note, you have some of the nicest fucking gym footwear I've ever seen. Uh, <laughs> I have I have a, a thing with shoes. Um, I watched you uh, hit a seven seventy five squat in some of the cleanest uh jordan one mids do you have like a goat this is an episode we had a few weeks ago do you have like a go-to gym shoe is it the jays like what are we uh what are we rolling up into the gym every day yeah like jordan ones i probably like i probably have like 36 pairs of shoes and i think 12 of them are jordan ones hot like some of the shoes like honestly, like never been worn uh but yeah. now i i don't care anymore Fair. Like I'm just like wearing like one pair until they get so dusty, then just throwing them out and just kind of, cause I noticed I had like too many yeah, and like I wasn't wearing them and I'm just like, man, did I really buy all these just to like sit on the shelf? It's fair. So like now I'll wear them to the club. I'll wear them to the gym. Like if they get ruined, they get ruined. For sure. But at the same time, like the whole like rider wear shoe kind of like trended out mm-hmm. of like those like wrestling style yeah, shoes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I really do a believer of like, if you, if you look good, you feel good. hundred percent. So like, if you put on like a nice pair of sweatpants, a tank top, your shoes match your tank top, you do up your hair. I do think that you'll have a better workout than just getting up, wearing a whole bunch of shit you don't like and going to the gym. I would agree. I think, yeah, I think that's great. Yeah. That's great insight actually. Yeah. I would agree that, you know, you, there's mornings you roll out of bed and you're like, oh, I didn't fucking shower and I got a dirty t-shirt on. And then you, yeah. you notice that workout being markedly harder. Um, yeah, exactly. If you go in there thinking like, holy shit, like, like I'm the shit, like technically like your life is the only life that matters. Yeah. So like, if you're like going into that gym and you're like, yo, I'm like fresh, like you're obviously going to have a better workout. hundred <laughs> percent. What, um, what is one gym trend that you are happy has died in the, in the, in the lexicon of the fitness industry? <laughs> when Jim trend. Oh man, that's died? Yeah. There's, there's some bad ones out some there. Some rough ones. Like that's like, I mean, that's a hard one. That's that's what we do here. We I didn't get, really we like not it. like any gym trends. Fair enough. Like, I mean, I, like, yeah, I'm trying to even remember. This goes back to, like, the short attention span thing. Yeah. So I'm trying to, like, think of, like, like I could list the current gym trends that are going on, like the muscle mommies now. Um, oh, yeah. Yep. Like, all of that stuff. I, I mean, won't... I do hope the muscle mommy trend dies slightly. Oh, we're different people, you because, and I. Because, oh, sorry. Oh, no. Oh, no. <laughs> that hurts you there. Because these girls that are, like, they're stealing, like, like men's swag, if that makes sense. Fair. They're wearing, like 
baggy sweatpants and they're like wearing them like hoodlums, like halfway down their ass and wearing like a 5XL t-shirt. And it's like, yeah. oh, like that's my swag. Like, don't steal what I'm wearing. They, they got me. That's like bodybuilder swag. They got me. Um, but gym, like, I mean, you guys fill me in. Like, what are these, these gym trends that you guys have picked up on in the past? Jacob? I was going to point that one to you. you. That was your question. Though. Yeah, man. Uh, <laughs> there, there's been a few, like, I think it's lesser now because we have a better understanding of like support equipment, but like rolling into your gym, wearing every piece of support gear you have was, was a big one that oh, I remember. I, I remember seeing and being like, why well, you're doing curls, bro. Why you got knee sleeves on? Um, yeah. Even just that, like, oh, I was thinking about it this morning. Fuck. God damn it. Come on, Connor, you're on a spot here now. I know. I, was, I literally, I was sitting in the back of my head when I, when I asked this question and it's fucking gone. Shit. Oh, Crocs. This shit makes me crazy. Oh. Crocs make oh, me like fucking. The Crocs and flip-flops. Bro, Crocs, things. like slides, make me insane. Just, <laughs> man. you're asking to lose a toe. That's, that's all that is, man. Like, and don't get me wrong. I deadlift barefoot. I typically squat with no shoes on, but I don't like stroll around the gym without something covering my feet. And just like yeah. if you could pick the the most ridiculous shoes, you've picked them. You, you're wearing fucking water shoes, rolling around <laughs> in the gym. Like there was a guy. Um, so I, I live out in Barhaven. I go to the Movadi out here. Um, just doing doing some dumbbell uh, incline chest yesterday, and this kid rolls up next to me, like the the softest purple Crocs on with all like the little. Um, I don't even know what they're called. Like the little decorations oh, all over. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, what are we doing here, man? This is just have it's, it goes back to that. I mean, I'm sure he feels good and, and is having a hell of a workout, but like it was bothering me so much. And I know that's a really nitpicky thing to be like, what the fuck? I was thinking about it. I was hit. I was hitting, uh, I was hitting chest, just looking at this kid's shoes in between sets going like, what the fuck are we doing here? Yeah. I mean, even jeans are making a comeback for some reason. Like I see so many people training in jeans now. Huh? Uh, we don't even we don't even allow jeans in our gym anymore. Like I work at the I work at the gym at Carlton. Okay. And it's like we like like also the Crocs and flip flops. Like Crocs were like kind of allowing flip flops jeans. If you walk into there, I'm gonna kick you out. Mainly because it's a da- it's like a dangerous if you're trying to squat on our polished floors. Practically, like you're gonna slide out and you're gonna break. You're gonna like tear your knee up. And also, you're gonna damage our equipment in those jeans, like the pit, like the little buttons that are on the back. Yeah, exactly. Oh, I didn't even think of that. Oh man, yeah, man, it's expensive to replace equipment. It's super expensive. Yeah, yeah. the The ridiculous clothing is kind of it for me. That's that's my big one. Like, um, yeah, that was my my little rant about Crocs. I apologize for just derailing that whole <laughs> that whole nice conversation we were having with uh, trying to get to letting me vent about stupid shoes. Um, yeah, Jacob, that's all good. No, I think, uh, honestly, I think we covered all that I was really looking to cover. Like we went over that, we went over steroids, went over fake natties, talked a good portion about that, uh, social media and the lifestyle that comes with it, I guess. Um, so with that, I think, um, I think we might just end, we're going to end it here. Mark, thank you so much for coming on our podcast today. We really appreciate it. No problem. Spending that time. Um, keep hustling. You you were awesome to have. Yeah, I like it. And in like a few months when you guys take off more, we'll just do another one. Love it. I Fuck think we yeah. got it. I love it. All right, man. Honest. Thank thank you again. Hey, With pleasure. But have a go, Mark. Thank you. Yeah, buddy. Right, buddy. Right, buddy.